and welcome to season two of Histo Help, NSH's popular podcast that brings tips, tricks, and advice on all those pesky problems you're facing in the lab. Season one was a huge hit, and this season is going to keep the good times rolling. We will be chatting with Histo legends like Cliff Chapman and Maria Buell, Dave Cruel, our unofficial guru on tech, industry partner, and maybe your new best friend when it comes to equipment know-how, Matt Mincer, and NSH members Lynn Grumman and Candace Smoots, whose sound tips and advice will really help your lab maintain those high standards. So sit back for a few minutes and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to Histo Help. This is Connie, and I am with Mary Faith Abuel, and I know you by that name because I feel like that's always how your email comes through to me. Um, it's always Mary F. Um, thank you for being with us today, Mary. Well, thanks, Connie. I appreciate you uh, getting in touch with me. Well, Mary is a uh, podcast, um, I would say a celebrity now here at NSH because Mary always does a podcast interview for the Poster Podcast, which if anybody um, has been a longtime follower of our podcast channel, Histo Talks, would know that um, that was our inaugural programming was the Poster Podcast. And Mary was part of that right out of the gate. And I think you were a little nervous when we started that, but now it's like... I can ask you on site, like, hey, I got somebody coming and I need you to interview them and you can just jump right on in. So I love that about you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes it's always nice to know a little bit of what the person's talking about ahead of time, but (laughs) I'm usually pretty good to jump in. You do a good job of it. And so I thought when we were thinking about people to get involved um, on this season two of our Histo Help series, which is a really popular one, obviously I thought about you and um, not just because of your amazing podcasting skills, but also because um, outside of Mary's podcasting career, she is also um, a very well-respected Histo in our field and she has been educating and advancing the profession for many years. And I thought, well, if I were going to ask Mary, I'm, I'm, I'm newer to the field, and I want to ask you a very important question, Mary. How do I advance? Because we're seeing a lot of change in managerial positions. A lot of folks are retiring or making sort of taking steps back, and I want to fill those roles. And I, I'm newer to the field, but I, I still, I'm, looking, I'm looking ahead. What is some advice? What would be the best piece of advice you'd give me so that I can, I can go forward with that kind of a goal? Well, I think that, and thank you for that kind introduction. You were very sweet. Stay and and keep as educated as you can about everything in the profession and even things that are periphery to the profession because I think if you're new to the field or you've been in it for 40-some years, it really doesn't matter. You need to seek out whatever new things and just become educated on all those things because that's how you learn and grow. And there's always something new to learn. Um, Even, you know, with me going to um, NSH and going, listening to teleconferences and um, doing some webinars and things like that, I still learn at least one new thing every time. And, and you're never too old to learn something, and you're never too new to continue doing that. I think that's that's an important thing. Now, when you say um, 
seek that education, that periphery education. What kind of education is that? Any examples? Oh, sure. I mean, you can be as in-depth as taking a bunch of courses uh, that would relate to your field. If, you, if you're a histotech and you want to learn what somebody's doing in the gross room, you might want to take some more anatomy. Or you could maybe attend uh, a workshop that somebody's offering on doing grossing. And I think there's just so much out there that you can you can learn about. And, and as I said, things that might be peripheral. Yeah. So. What about like management courses? So I've, let's say I've got this great science background and, uh, you know, I'm, I feel comfortable there, but I am looking to make some of that transition. Have you had experience taking management courses? And if so, what are some of the better, maybe not the better ones that you've taken specifically, mm-hmm. but certain topics? Was it budgeting? Was it CLIA cap? Those types of topics that I think that you feel like might help somebody who's looking to make that leap. Yeah, I think, um, well, things that I've done in the past have been mainly through NSH. And I'm not trying to, you know, advocate everything through NSH. By all means, Mary, (laughs) all things NSH. All things, exactly. But, I mean, that that was a fantastic resource for me as a tech. And as I moved up to be a supervisor and a manager, um, I just find a lot of great courses through NSH. So things like managing people. You know, if you're okay. going to become a supervisor, you're going to want to understand how do I manage the staff? How do I relate to the staff? Uh, that's really important. You can't just walk in and say, well, I've got this agenda and this is how we're going to run things. But you don't get buy-in from a staff when you do that kind of thing. So understanding how to be managing people and relating to people is a big deal. Um, so that I would definitely recommend that kind of a course before you start even considering supervising people. Now, have you found that that's something that's changed a lot, you know, as you started taking courses like that or listening to teleconferences or watching webinars about management or managing people? Um, have you found that the, the principles in that concept have changed over the years, or have you felt like that has stayed relatively consistent, the, the, the basic tenets of connecting yeah. with people and managing people? I think, you know, over the years, it has changed. It's changed because our society changes. And, sure. you know, how you manage somebody who's a baby boomer versus a millennial, you know, that kind of thing is, is a, an, an integral part of how, you know, you relate to people. And so that kind of thing has changed. I think there's always basics, you know, the way you handle the business day and how you make sure Mm -hmm. that people are accountable. Those things are definitely, you know, that kind of thing that carries through year after year. But there's always those little nuances that, you know, as I said, you learn something new every time you take a class. And and there are some different um, perceptions by people that, you know, come out in their workshops or their lectures. Uh, Cy Wakeman is a really incredible person that I've listened to. Uh, she does all kinds of talks. And she has the kind of um, perception of, you know, you just don't want to deal with the drama kind of thing. Yeah. Or or leave your ego at the door kind of thing. She, she's she got a different way of looking at things, and, and it is a very interesting way of, of dealing with people. Some of the things I like, some of the things I don't. <laughs> so sure. it's not to say that everybody's the perfect answer, but you take away what you know you think you can do. 
Now, have you found, um, as you've gone to, I know that you're always at the NSH conference, do you find that you gravitate towards sort of the same types of education or do you let that, do you try, do you intentionally try to mix up the classes you're taking? Oh, I usually mix it up. Um, I, I try to do things for myself, which, you know, if there's a certain topic that I'm interested in or trying to broaden my education on, I will, I will do that. Um, I also take stuff back for the rest of my team. Um, mm, you know, that's a great tip. It, it really makes a big difference when you're going away and you're spending this time away trying to learn and enjoy yourself. And you want to bring something back to say, hey, look, I, I found this. I think this might be really useful. I may not be doing it, but this could be something that maybe you could be working on. So I think it's important to have that perspective of, you know, you're you're going there, and yes, you are probably paying for the classes, but it's always nice to bring things back to other people and, and make them feel inclusive. Now, it's interesting you say that. I think one of the things that we, piece of, pieces of advice that we give folks who are looking to um, get employer support and approval for their mm-hmm. travel to the conferences you know, agree to say you'll bring things back, but uh, that's kind of a vague, what, what does that look like? What does the bringing back look like for you? Well, for, for me, uh, and I'm in a management position, so I have my, my supervisors under me. If I find something that, say, my grocery room supervisor would be interested in, I will bring that back to her. And I will, I will mm. bring her the handout and yeah. give her the notes that I have. But I know that in a time when I was a tech and I was going to a meeting with other people in my lab area, if somebody went to the meeting, and if it even wasn't me, we would say, hey, when you go, it would be really great uh, that you pick a topic that would be really interesting to, to us and then do a little presentation. And it doesn't have to be more than 15 minutes. So okay. that was always something that, you know, well, we're paying for you to go, but it would be really nice if you could share with everybody. And I think that's the sharing part is something that I think as you mature in your positions becomes a little bit more formalized sometimes. I think it's important to share as much as you can with your peers, with, you know, maybe even your pathologists. There are a lot of pathologists that, you know, they'll go to certain meetings, but they're very funneled into one type of topic. Sure. And maybe there's something that you can bring back to them to say, hey, look, I took this class and it was all about, you know, telepathology. And maybe this is something we can do. The The respect that you get back from people because you've brought them something that might be useful to them goes a long way. It really does. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it helps you as well as a as, as somebody who's in that learning process. I've always found there's one's got a fortune cookie that said to teach is to learn twice. Oh. So you've get that opportunity to really look at the information you absorbed as a listener and then get to really kind of learn it again when you get to share it with others. So that's oh. just another great way of, like you were saying, like constantly learning and, and being on top of education. And I it, like that you said you gave that time of about 15 minutes because I think that can be challenging if somebody is ask to do that, you know, go to conference and come back and give a short presentation. Again, that word short means something different to everybody. Yes, it um, does. And not everybody uh, has that same feeling of, oh, I love to get up and teach to a class. Yeah, you know? no. There's a lot of people who are like as shy as could be and maybe, you know, all they need is a small group to sit around a table and just kind of share what they learned. And it doesn't have to be formal. 
All right, um, I'm going to ask you a question, Mary, and you can yes. answer it honestly or not honestly. Okay. All right, so CLIA, CAP, I'm a CAP, I'm a CAP accredited lab. Regulatory topics, is that something that you go back to and, and do every year, or is that like to learn new about, or is that a topic that you find you don't have to do, ev sign up for every year? Oh, no, I sign up every year. Okay. <laughs> if there's one that's offered. Well, normally those kinds of classes will help you to uh, understand the new checklist questions that have come out from CAP. Sure. Um, they're, they're eternally new questions every year. There's no getting <laughs> away from it. So, um, you know, the, the routine questions we all pretty much know, but sometimes they will redefine how they want their evidence of compliance. And yeah. that it's always a good thing to brush up on those because, you know, you may be thinking you know the answer to that checklist question, but, oh, all the little notes define something else and there that needs changed. to be something else for you that you have to do. So yeah, that's always uh that's always one that I don't think we'll ever get away from. <laughs> okay. Well and the only reason I ask is because sometimes I, I find myself sometimes overwhelmed by how much opportunity there is to learn. It can be overwhelming when when you don't know where to start and or it can be overwhelming when you get really excited about one topic and then you mm -hmm. forget about the others about the rest, yeah. that's, a, that's also a really good uh, piece of advice that's why I wanted to ask you your thoughts on that because make sure you fit that in if you see an opportunity always fit those guys in well, if especially can. if it's your year to be inspected you know it's yes definitely if it's your year to be that. inspected <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, well, that is awesome sure. advice, Mary. I don't know, think I have any more questions, but is there anything else that you uh, would add to this conversation? Well, the one thing that I did want to mention is that I think some people think, oh, well, you know, education, I finished my coursework, I don't need to do anything more. Mm -hmm. But once you find that you're, you know, into other classes or just topics that you want to learn more about, I think people will find that it energizes them. And yeah. I think that energy is needed by a lot of people who work in the lab routinely and do pretty much the same thing every day. And they get into a rut. And until they branch out and look for some more things to learn, I think that they won't find that energy. And, and once they do, that energy will come. Well, thank you so much. And oh, you're um, welcome. And of course, you know, we will see you in Reno, I believe. Yes, I will be in Reno. All right, just making sure you're going to be there. Okay, good. <laughs> I will be there. No, yeah, you'll be, be at the there. podcasting booth, lady. That's where you'll be. <laughs> Doing another poster podcast, and that's yes. fine. <laughs> yes, yay. All right, well, thanks so much for your time, Mary, and I hope you have a really great day. Oh, thanks a lot, Connie. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you have a tip, trick, or piece of knowledge you'd like to share, let us know. We would love to feature you on a future episode of HistoHelp. Have a great day!